Frequency Welcome to the Frequency of Heaven podcast. This is Pastor Caleb. It is a Monday, and I'm hoping that your January 2023 is going well. If you had a New Year's resolution, hopefully it's still going good. And uh, just just praying that this would be a blessing and an encouragement to you. Today, as we're talking about getting on the frequency of heaven, I want to take a look at a man who lived his life that way, even though, uh, you know, the prophet Isaiah, not everyone wanted to listen to him. Um, tradition says that he was killed and he was uh, martyred for his faith. It was not an easy task to do what he did, to preach when he preached, to try to convince people to turn back to God. But there's a couple really, really awesome lessons. Actually, there are tons of lessons from the life of Isaiah. But it, it helps us, helps us get on the frequency of heaven. I'm going to start today with prayer. Then we're going to jump into Isaiah 51, uh, the first three verses. Heavenly Father, we love you. We need you. We pray for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit. And God, I'm just asking right now if there's anyone listening that has family friction, that you would bring unity, that you would remove division. If there's anyone uh, listening in our extended family being tempted, uh, like the people we read about here in in Israel, in Judah, that Isaiah preached against, that they're being tempted to follow the world, to give in to pleasure, and to give up on God and righteousness. God, I ask that you bring conviction. I, we pray for our family members to, to not have to have uh, the kind of destruction in their lives that God's people did because they wouldn't listen, that we can hear that prophetic voice and we can want you, Lord. We could want to turn back to you. We could want to prevent darkness and surrender. We thank you for Christ. We thank you for Jesus. We pray the blood of Jesus over this podcast. You come with your power and your might and your love. Infuse us with your grace. Infuse us with a hunger to really seek you, God. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now listen to this. Isaiah 51. Now you can take the book of Isaiah and divide it in two parts. Really, chapter 1 through 39 is, is talking about the judgment that's going to come because God's people refuse to repent. And then from 40 on, a lot of what's being talked about is, you know, there's a faithful remnant who were listening, who were turning to God. Life wasn't easy for them as destruction came, but God has a plan. And ultimately, God has a plan in the Messiah, Jesus, who would come 700 years after this. But it says in Isaiah 51, so this chapter is in kind of the more positive part of the book of Isaiah, not the doom, gloom, and destruction's coming, but hey, there's hope, there's a future in Christ. I love how Isaiah 51 starts. It says at the top of my NIV uh, Spirit-Filled Study Bible here, everlasting salvation for Zion. Ooh. Verse 1, listen to me, you who pursue righteousness. Now, if a preacher would to stand up in the pulpit, and then the next part says, and who seek the Lord. If I started my sermon, he says, you out here, there's 100 people, those of you who are pursuing righteousness and actually seeking God, listen to me. You know, that would kind of cut the air a little bit. <laughs> it would be implying that there are people listening right now who are not really seeking God. They're not searching for righteousness. So I love how he starts here. He, he, there's two groups of people who hear preaching. Not everybody in church, not everybody who hears the great prophet Isaiah is really interested in what the Lord has to say. 
we might be just going through routine. And that is one of the themes in this book. There were religious people. They were going to the temple. They were worshiping. They were offering sacrifices. They were going through the motions. But then they were offering uh, sacrifices to idols. And they were chasing the pleasures, sinful pleasures of this world and, and committing all kinds of horrible acts. And so that just external religion on Sunday is not enough. For that party lifestyle on on other days, it's not enough. God sees us all the time. He wants us to listen, those, it says in verse 1, who pursue righteousness and who look to the Lord. Look to the rock from... Now, this is beautiful. The prophet is going to have them think about, where did you come from? Look to the rock from which you were cut and to the quarry from which you were hewn. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who gave you birth. Now, this is hundreds of years after Abraham lived. But these are Jewish people he's writing to. They know in the very, very strong connection and oral tradition and written tradition. They knew they were Jews. They were proud to be Jewish people. They were proud to be sons and daughters of Abraham. And so he calls them back. Do you remember why it all got started? Israel, Judah, when I called him, Abraham, he was only one man and I blessed him and I made him many. The Lord, and so he, he's saying, listen guys, there was one guy, he was really a nobody, he had nothing, but I partnered with him. He partnered with me in obedience. He lived by faith. I blessed him and his descendants grew. Now you go to Genesis 12, where the covenant is laid out, God says, Abraham, you live by faith and I'll give you land. I'll give you incredible descendants. And eventually he says, through your seed, I will bless all nations. In other words, Jesus, the Messiah will be one of your descendants. So all these beautiful promises happened because Abraham listened, respected and obeyed God. And that, you know, after you've lived in blessing for a while, it's easy to forget where you came from. You know, there were, there, I imagine every one of us, uh, when we were teenagers and we look around, we have nice shoes, we have clothes on our back, we have food on the table. Do we really stop and think about our mom and dad and the work that they they go through? You know, their jobs, my dad worked in a hot, uh, smelly factory and, and worked on machines and was greasy and dirty all the time for 30 years. And my mom still to this day, she takes care of patients. She gives them baths in the nursing home. She's a nurse. She she finds people who've passed away. I mean, my mom's job is a, is a she does night, uh, she does the night shift still. And that's when most people pass away, she said. So there's there's things that our parents have done, are doing. There's there's people in our life, and they set us up for success. They helped us get our education. They took us to our events, and they cheered us on. And we have so much, but like like, like these people, we need to look back to our father and our mother and our forefathers and look at, we need to look back as a nation to those who came over on the Mayflower <laughs> and that were not under... King George anymore and, and following a very strict um, religion that has no freedom of expression and it allows us to read the Bible for ourselves like it was in old England and things. And so we've been given a lot and it's important to look back and be thankful and remember where we came from. That's what uh, the prophet is having, the Lord is having the prophet do for these people. Look back. Remember Abraham. He was nothing. He obeyed God and God blessed him. Remember where he came from? 
verse 3, the Lord will surely comfort Zion because, you know, destruction is going to come, but there's going to be good on the other side of it. He will look with compassion on all her ruins. Why was Jerusalem in ruins? Because so much sin had happened. The Babylonians are going to come in in 586 BC. They're going to sack Jerusalem. They're going to carry off Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're going to take them into captivity and all that. He will make her desert. But but after that, look what God's going to do to, to, to Jerusalem that was sacked and destroyed. He's going to make her deserts like Eden. Oh, lush, beautiful garden. Her wastelands like the garden of the Lord. He's going to bring a good thing. He's going to do a new thing. He's going to restore the fortunes because God's people that are going to learn. They've been disciplined. They're going to repent. They're going to come back. Joy and gladness will be found in her thanksgiving in the sound of singing. Now, when I was studying this and thinking about this for you today, I want you to think about Jeremiah in two different ways here. There's a part of Jeremiah that's so supernatural and so prophetic. How does he know? That a hundred and um, actually, I guess it would be 220 some years after him, he's dead and gone, a nation's going to rise up and they're going to sack Jerusalem. And it's going to happen after his lifetime. But he knows supernaturally, there's a supernatural prophetic part to the great prophet's life that only gets revealed supernaturally by God who knows the future. Because it says in Isaiah 46, 10, he knows the end from the beginning. God knows what's going to happen next. But I want you to think about the other part of Daniel's prophetic meaning. So getting on the frequency, we're going to come back to the supernatural, but I want to point out something. (laughs) There's a part of Daniel's prophetic ministry that's very practical and kind of what you might call common sense prophecy. Daniel could look around him he had the Old Testament law. He had the Torah, you know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. He had the, the Old Testament. He had God's commands. In Deuteronomy 30, it says, if you're faithful to me, I'm going to bless you. Things are going to be fine. But if you're sinful and you fall away, bad stuff's going to happen. Other nations are going to come and, and bad stuff's going to happen. And so here's Isaiah, the great prophet, who can s- supernaturally see into the future. But this prophecy um, that he's given here, does all of it require the supernatural? Now think about it. The nation to the north of him, as he's writing, the brothers and sisters, the 10 tribes that live in the north called Israel, are being overrun by the nation of Assyria because like in Deuteronomy 30, they've been sinning, they won't repent. God is fulfilling his promise. There's a part of Isaiah's prophecy. Bad stuff's going to happen. God's going to do this. You need to repent. It doesn't really require a ton of supernatural ability. He knows Deuteronomy says this is going to happen. He can look out his window at the nation to the north, and it is literally happening. They have sinned so much, God has allowed the Assyrians to sack them. He knows God doesn't lie. He knows God, uh, the word cannot be broken. He's literally seeing it happen. He knows they've defiled Deuteronomy 30. So there's a part of him that's just like, hey, guys, listen, look around. You know, it doesn't take uh, an angelic encounter to figure out this is what God's word says. And that's the beauty. We think of the prophetic so many times as being this mystical, angelic encounter God said to me. 
that's a part of it. And that's a, it's a big, and that can be a big part of it. But there's a part of it where if we will just read and know the word and look out our window, we will see God at work. We'll see what God is doing. We can look out our window. We can read the morning newspaper here in America, and we can begin to anticipate some things that we find in Scripture. It says in uh, Hebrews 12, God is a good father. He disciplines those that he loves. We can look in the book of Revelation and see that uh, the four horsemen that are being released and we can see famine and, and, and pestilence and, you know, we can see viruses like COVID. You know, there's different things that are prophesied that God said these kind of things are to be a wake up call. And we can look at it and say, yeah, this is, this is you know, it doesn't take a, a super big supernatural encounter to realize if we're faithful, God blesses us. But if we're not, bad stuff can happen and God might withdraw his protection. Doesn't withdraw his love, but he will pr- withdraw his protection. And if you need another, if you start in Romans 1, verse 9, you start reading at verse 19 and he'll show you God withdraws from his children and allows them to experience the consequences of their sin if they keep sinning. Romans chapter one verses start at verse eighteen probably, and and read about ten twenty verses and you'll see that that you don't have to hear from you know uh, some divine vision or open heaven encounter to to be prophetic, but. Now that I've laid that down as getting on the frequency of heaven, just read the word, be faithful, watch, believe God's word can't be broken. And that's part of the way you get on the frequency of heaven. We do have the supernatural element. So let's go to Isaiah 6 for a second here. This is the call. You've heard this a hundred times if if you've grown up in church. Isaiah's call, Isaiah 6. It starts here in verse, uh, I'll just read verse the first few verses here. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on the throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each had six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and they covered their feet. And with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another. Can you see there's worship here? He's having uh, he, he's taken up into heaven. He's he's seeing God. And all around God is what? Is worship. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorpost and the threshold shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I'm ruined from a man of unclean lips. And I live among people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King and the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me takes the coal and you know the rest of the story touches his mouth and cleanses him he has um so many incredible prophecies throughout this book and you know what it really starts with his supernatural call he has the ability to look out his window read his bible and practically prophesy which I think God wants us to do, get on this frequency of heaven. But then there's also the supernatural element where God breaks in and he's speaking to us. He's talking to us, like he's talking through us. And his word is alive. And we maybe do have some angelic counters. And we do, um, God gives us divine insight into things. And so Isaiah had both of those. And he is the prophet uh, most quoted in the New Testament. 
He's also the prophet who so distinctly describes the crucifixion of Jesus in Isaiah 53. Now let me go here to a parallel passage in Revelation 21 here. And we're going to talk about, so there's practically getting on the frequency of heaven. Read your Bible. Be aware of what God's doing. You can literally see what the Holy Spirit's doing in someone's life because the promises of God can't be broken. You know, you can see someone. They're going through this and this and then something bad happens. Well, it could be God is pruning them, John 15. could be God's disciplining them, Hebrews 12. And so the, the Holy Spirit helps us to make discernment just in a very practical sense because we're so familiar with his word. We see the word being acted out. But like Isaiah, we can have throne room encounters and look at John here, his throne room encounter. John writes this, Revelation 21, 3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he dwell, he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eye there will be no more death no more mourning no more crying no more pain for the old order of things has gone away i want you to know something where is the lord he's on his throne what is the big picture i'm going to make all things new he's going to bring change he's going to break and he says it there in verse five he who seated on the throne said i am making everything new so, Isaiah has his encounter with the Lord supernaturally. And then, not just practical prophecy, supernatural prophecy begins to flow through him. And he can see and hear. He's on kind of a different plane of the frequency of heaven. Okay, It's not just reading your word and having great wisdom. That's good. We need that. It's foundational. We have to have that or we'll get off. But there is another level. And do you notice what's going on here around the throne? If you read it in Revelation 4, there's worship. Worship, worship, worship. Here's, here's my teaching today. The Lord would love for us to, like in Isaiah 51, remember this message that we started off with today. In Isaiah 51, he, he says, to those who are listening, uh, I got good things to say. To those who actually seek me, listen up. I have some things for you. The Lord may not rapture us up and have an Isaiah 6 moment. We may not have a Revelation 21 moment. But this, this next level of prophetic, hearing God's voice, specifically how he's saying he wants to make all things new, there's worship in worship is Isaiah 6. They were worshiping revelation around the throne. You see it in chapter 4 and then chapter 21. There's worship where God is being worshiped and our heart loves him. Our heart is yielded him. There's the fear of the Lord. There's a new level of the frequency of heaven. And so Isaiah is able to see 220 years out into the future that no matter how bad and bleak that it looks, that the Babylonian empire is going to run right over the top of us god is going to turn a well water he's going to look at verse three there again in isaiah 51 he will make her deserts like eden he, guys i want you to get this please get this it's so simple I, I i've been sharing a lot of facts and figures and, and if you got lost in all that just get this when you can enter the presence 
and, and get on the supernatural prophetic level, God wants to show you that Isaiah 51.3 in the Revelation 21.3. Isaiah 51.3, he wants to make deserts gardens. He wants to make all things new. The core of the supernatural prophetic is to bring that encouragement and that comfort. So the next time you're going through something horrible and bad, it's nice to be able to read your Bible and look out and see the new, how the newspaper and his matches up with the book of Revelation and that's good and that's fine and then have those very practical wisdoms and insights. It's great. But how many times throughout the year something really hard is going on and there's destruction and there's a desert and we need the Holy Ghost to show up and say, there's the Garden of Eden's going to be made out of this. Do you know somebody going through something? Have you had problems? That supernatural prophetic voice of God, the Father loves you. The Father has come and sent his Son that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And Jesus is the way and the truth and the life to this Father. The Father is so prevalent. It says in Romans 8, the Holy Spirit is actually his nickname, Spirit of Adoption. His role, the Holy Spirit wants to teach you how to cry, Abba, Daddy, so that you have no fear. Romans 8 14, 15, and 16. And it says there in 16, so you know your inheritance. See, that incredible level of the supernatural prophetic can be found in your worship. Worship, worship. You may not, as you worship, see the train of the robe that filled the temple. Get in your worship, get your Bible, and listen to the Holy Ghost. (laughs) That's my encouragement to you because he wants to, in that throne room, time of worship in that throne room time with Jesus where your knee is bowed and he's high and lifted up in a train of his and you see him on the throne from the throne revelation 21 5 he makes all things new he wants to make you new he wants to make your circumstance new he wants to show you Isaiah prophesied the desert would become a garden 220 years before the desert existed God can look into your your problem in January 2023. You have a problem. He can show you there's a well-watered garden on the other side. And knowing that and having that encouragement is everything to get through the desert. (laughs) Get into the throne room. That's where he makes all things new. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for the throne. We, we, we worry and we fret. I'm so bad, God. Forgive me. Let us get our worship on. Let us just join with the angels. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and who is to come. Like the Revelation song that we sing in church, God. Let us behold you. And let us hear your voice say, I make all things new. That desert is going to be like the Garden of Eden. Beloved, it is a prophecy from heaven. If you will trust him and you will believe whatever desert you're in, it's going to be, it's not if, it's just a matter of when, it's going to become a well-watered garden. God bless you. Have an awesome week in Jesus' name. Amen. On the frequency of heaven, I want to be on the frequency of Christ I want